All right, so looks like we are live now. So welcome, welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. So I have been uh, putting uh, about 14-hour days in uh, translating the, uh, finishing up the translation of First John. That is, look, it's looking pretty dang good. I, I'm very pleased with it. And um, right, <clears throat> I wanted to say when there is an asterisk by uh, a verse in the Disciples of Christ version of the Bible, it means that there was a mistranslation that I removed, that I got out of the Bible uh, there. And some of them are extremely minor, just one word, not really fully grasping uh, necessary Christian theology in order to gain entrance into heaven, right? That would be something along the lines that I would label as a mistranslation. And they are, they are important to understand the theologies, right? The base theologies. And so, right, uh, loving each other is a big step of it, right? Loving God. Well, if you love God, right, well, the first commandment is indeed enough to enter into the gates of heaven, gain immortality, exaltation, etc. All that God offers, right? But it's, it's, I'm talking about like a fanatical love of God, like, I love God as much as I love the air in my lungs because without God, just like the air in my lungs, I'd die, right? Something like that, right? A sincere love of God, right? And so uh, that, interestingly enough, the, the what got me into translating the Bible is I was walking uh, down the streets around a park in my hometown, and this wandering prophet asks me if 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 I'd like any prayer as I pass by. And I said, oh, I'd, I'd love prayer. Absolutely. Can you pray for me? And I prayed for direction. And she quite literally tells me to uh, write a book and that uh, I should write the Bible, right? And so, you know, I started reading my Bible a little more and looking into it. And eventually, you know, I got started on Genesis. And uh, I, yeah, I, I love I love looking at uh, the translations of the Bible and uh, going over the Greek. It's absolutely fascinating to me. And um, it's uh, it does a lot of good, right? Uh, when you get a mistranslation that's wrong out, right? The, the, the mistranslations will not produce good fruit. The accurate translations of biblical teaching will produce good fruit globally. Right. And that's it's very important to understand because you can read a verse in the Bible. It doesn't really matter any verse you read. Right. But if you do not grasp that there is wisdom contained within the Bible, and that's where we'll jump today, actually jump on over to Psalms, the Psalms of David. I can't tell you uh, how much wisdom is contained within the book of Psalms, Proverbs. Uh, but always start with Matthew, you know, if you want to know where the core foundation, uh, the wisdom, the majority of the wisdom found in the Bible, it is Jesus Christ. Christ alone makes the boast. I am the way I am the truth and the light. No man comes before the father except by me. 
That's correct, right? And no other prophet in all existence, no other man in all existence makes this boast. Only Christ and Christ alone makes this boast. And so there are keys hidden within the words, the parables of Christ, and they are spoken in parables because Christ believed that the, his parables were so powerful that they contained so much wisdom that if you could apply them accurately, well, it would be much like having a mustard seed of faith. You would take that mustard seed of faith with you along your journey and you would point it at a mountain and you would tell that mountain jump and that mountain would jump by the will of the one true living God and the blessings that he rains down on his loyal servants. That is who God is. Now, why God is that good to us, I'm not really sure. But it does the relationship uh, when you examine the relationship of man and God or God and man. It is out of love, right? It is. It looks a lot like love, um, a fatherly love for a child, something like that. That is how God loves us, right? He is willing to lead us. He's willing to teach us. He wants to help us. Why? Well, who knows? But the, the important part is understanding that you can trust God. You can put your faith in the ways of God. You could build your entire life on the foundation of the one true living God, the rock of all Israel. And that would be an incredible life. It will be an incredible life. Right? And so understanding that these uh, stories in the Bible, well, while they are stories, they also have other applications. And King David, right, he also realized this. He realized that the ways of God were so uh, effective, so powerful, that he took them, he took the ways of God and he applied them to his life. And he ended up pretty, pretty well off. So here is Psalms 89. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness. Throughout all the generations, I will declare that your love stands firm forever. That you have established faithfulness in heaven itself. You have said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm throughout all generations. The heavens will praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too, in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord Almighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. And so interestingly enough, while we are reading this, it is also revealing some aspects of God to us. God makes a covenant with us. He is faithful to us. And since God is faithful to us, right, he also asks that we are faithful to him. 
You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up. You still them. You crush Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scatter your enemies. The heavens are yours and also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created. You, you founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Harman sing for joy at your name. Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Right? And so righteousness, right? Righteousness is the choice of living in God's ways. The conscious choice of adhering to God's holy ways, i.e. the ways that are pleasing in God's eyes. Righteousness. It's a really important part of it. Now, justice, right? You cannot have a happy city. You cannot have a happy neighborhood. You cannot have a happy household without justice, right? And so these are points that we are to understand that are not just words within a page, but they're what will create, they're what will produce a happy living environment for us, right? For me, myself, for all who choose to practice the ways of the living God over their own ways. And while these ways exist as a guidebook, as exist as a map to a good life, to an incredible life. The most important part of this book is that it points out a relationship. It points out the existence of the Lord God of Israel, the maker of the heavens and the earth. That comes first and foremost, before all the blessings, more important than all the miracles, more important than everything you will get and receive and be blessed with by the hand of the Lord God of Israel, if you so choose to lay down your life Take up your cross and follow God and his holy ways over your own, over your own ways. Well, you get a relationship with God, and that is more important. And God is very, very powerful. When God led the Israelites, uh, a nation of, well, estimated at 450,000 people, something like that. Uh, some say many, much more than that, out of slavery, right? And out of slavery, it's all, it's, it is, it was a literal and is a literal factual story contained in the Bible, right? But also it is a figurative story in the Bible where God is offering, he is showing that if you do these things for God, he will break the chains that hold you back in your life. He will set the captives free. What is it that holds you back from your exaltation, which lies in the Lord God of Israel's hand, which lies in the Lord God of Israel's hands? What is it? Lay it down. God's life that he is offering you is greater than whatever it is that is holding you back. That is who God is. God is willing 
to work miracles for you. He wants to work miracles for you. That's just how good. That's just how incredible. That's just how awesome God is. And so when he is breaking the chains and setting nations free, right, he is also setting example to us to be overcomers, to lead people out of their slavery, out of captivity, to break the chains that hold our brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters in all mankind, that hold our brothers and sisters back from their dreams, that hold them in captivity, to take our hands and self-sacrifice hours of our own life, to reach down into the mud of sin, into the sludge of death, and rip them out of that sin and death, Lift them up, guiding them, leading them, ushering them into new levels of exaltation, freedom at God's hand, through God's holy ways. This is who God is. He is the Lord God of all existence. He is the Alpha and the Omega. As we lead him with God, through God's ways, out of death into life and life everlasting. Out of a miserable life that they would have experienced without us into exaltation at the right hand of God and entrance into the immortal kingdom. <clears throat> there is nothing that, God's hold, that God holds back from his faithful servants. He holds nothing back from his faithful servants. And all you have to do is obey, listen, seek first the kingdom of righteousness and all things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all things will be added to you. Not may, not could, but will. That's how effective God's ways are. That's how incredible God is. He is willing to work these miracles. He wants you to bring what you have. And God's not asking much. He's asking for you to come home. Beauty for ashes. Well, that implies that you bring him your life, whatever it is. It may not be ashes, right? You may have an okay life, but that's what God's asking for. But all you have to do is bring that whatever you have, anything, even if it is ashes, even if it is, even if you think it's something completely worthless, well, then you have nothing to lose and you can't go any lower. But if you bring that nothing, if you bring what you got to God and you surrender it and you become consecrated and you become righteous and walk in God's holy ways, there's nothing you can't do with God. Absolutely nothing. I'm not preaching something that's good, too good to be true. I would never sell you a lie. Not for all the money in all the earth. Not if someone offered me $10 million would I preach a lie. Nope. I may make mistakes in my preaching, but I will never consciously lie. It's just not who I am. I'm not about the material. I'm not so into finance, right? I serve the Lord God of Israel. I walk. 
I walk for God. When I breathe the air in my lungs, I breathe for the Lord God of Israel. And that sort of loyalty, that sort of commitment to something, to someone, God, you might ask yourself, why? Why am I so committed? What is it that I see in God that inspired me in such a way to chase after righteousness, to seek first the kingdom of heaven above all existence, above all the kingdoms of all the earth? I seek the Lord God of Israel first and foremost. What is it that inspired me? Well, I realized just how incredible God is, how loving God is. And through the displays of God's love in my own life, through the witnessing of God's goodness in my own life, I fell in love with God. And I will serve God until the end of my days. That is how good God is. And if I could get you to understand that right now, or if I could get you to trust me right now and put your faith in God, not just 10%, not 80, not 99, but 100% of yourself, 100% of your faith in the place in the Lord God of Israel, then I could change your life forever for drastic <laughs> betterment. Uh, for the rest of your life, for the rest of your days. When you read about the stories of the prophets and Elijah seeing the chariots of fire, angel, warrior angels going before the armies of the Lord God of Israel, that's what I'm talking about. It's not just half, right? It's not just, oh, well, I apply the ways of God and I get some finance, great. No, you get it all. You get the miracles, you get the finance, you get the love. What is it that you want that lies within God's table? Because almost everything's on there. And in fact, all good things are on there. But you have to surrender the evil things or the wicked things. You cannot go around uh, doing evil things, nor can you go around doing wicked things, right? And expect that a God of love, a God of goodness is going to help you damage other people's lives or things like that. It's not going to happen. Now, God in his love, he'll guide us when we're suffering. He'll guide us when we're lost. But the exaltation often will not come until you surrender that 100%. Until you surrender that last 1%, that last thing that God is asking for. When you surrender that last thing. Well, God will step down out of heaven and he'll hand you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth. He'll lift you up. He'll exalt you. You will go into a church and the priests will suddenly recognize you and hear the voice. They'll hear the voice that all creation, that all living beings have knowledge of, and they will obey the Lord God of Israel. Because they have seen what I myself have seen. They have seen the goodness. They have seen the greatness, the grandeur, and the glory that is God in his holy form, in his holy ways.
O you, Lord God, you created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing for joy at your holy name. Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is strong, your right hand exalted. <coughs> they rejoice in your name all day long. They celebrate your righteousness. For you are their strength and glory. And by your favor, you exalt our horn. Indeed, our shield belongs to the Lord God of Israel. Our king is the Holy One. I have bestowed strength on a mighty warrior. I have raised up young men from among the people. I have found David, my servant, who I have anointed with my oil. My hand will sustain him. My, <clears throat> my arm will surely strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. <clears throat> the wicked shall not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him. And though my name, his horn, oh, and through my name, his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me. You are my father, my God, my rock and my savior. And I will appoint him to be my firstborn born the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will, I will maintain my love for him forever, and my covenant with him shall never fail. I will establish his line forever. His throne as long as the heavens endure. God is not selling you short. God is offering you what the, the men of the Bible experienced not in some lackluster way, but in a factual, real way. <clears throat> God is truth, and within him there is no lie. God is a God of love, and if you love someone, you will not lie to them. <clears throat> For true love shields out fear. That's who God is, and that is what God is offering you. All right, guys, I think that is it for today. Blessings on you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your evening.